Has everyone started preparing for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. You started preparing for the presents, especially. Maybe you've started preparing for presents you're going to give to others, doing some shopping. But has anyone started preparing for a gift that they get and receive? Yeah, no. Something that we don't think about as often. But sometimes there's gifts that we receive that we're not actually ready for yet. We're not ready to get them. Imagine this. Christmas Day and you pile into the car with the family and you head off to your uncle's place, let's say, and somebody gets you this nice gift and it's six brand new outdoor chairs. And it's like, how on earth am I going to even take that home? <laughs> so then, Boxing Day, you have to make a trip all the way back there and pick them up with the empty car. But then you also have to make a trip to the tip to get rid of the old outdoor chairs because there isn't room in the backyard for both of them. So oh, you'll sort out all these things. You weren't quite ready for it. Or maybe we've just received some extra clothes for Christmas and then we have to clean out all these old ones from the cupboard so there's actually room to fit them in. Yeah, that ever happened to anyone? Or let's take it to the next level. What if somebody gave you a dog for Christmas? That'd be exciting, anybody like that? But are you ready to have a dog in the house? You know, where's it going to sleep? Who's going to take it for walks? What's it going to eat? Do you have the little doggy flaps on the doors so that the dog can get in or out? Where's it going to do its business? Who's going to pick up its business? All of these things, you know, you might not be ready for it. So it might mean a trip to Bunnings or a trip to the pet store on Boxing Day to go and sort these things out, to get yourself ready afterwards. But if you knew that you were going to get a gift like this before Christmas, what would you do? Would you start getting ready beforehand? Would you start getting some pet food ready and maybe think about where the pet bed is going to go and maybe already get the doggy doors installed or maybe you already stack up the old outdoor furniture ready to be taken away when the new ones come if we know that it's coming we can prepare ourselves Jesus is a bit of a gift like this we know that Jesus is coming, we know that we're moving towards Christmas and that this gift is happening, this is what the whole season of Advent is about but are we going to start preparing ourselves for it Are we going to get ready to receive the gift when it comes? This is what I want to reflect on today. How are we going to receive this gift of Jesus? And how are we going to prepare ourselves over these couple of weeks of Advent so that when God pops into our lives, we're ready to take up that gift as much as possible? Because we want to get to Christmas and not just start thinking about, oh, yeah, how do do I receive the gift of Jesus, but we want to be ready to celebrate him and to receive the gift when it comes. So first I want to look at the kind of gift that Jesus is. What is, what is this gift that, that God is bringing us? And then some practical ways of how we can actually prepare ourselves to receive this gift. So what kind of gift is Jesus? When God steps into humanity and he becomes born as a human being just like you and me, in Jesus. It's a radical thing. And it shows us something about God that had never really been shown in this particular way before. It shows us that God wants to be close to us. It shows us that God wants to be amongst our lives, involved, that he cares about what's going on here on earth in our life. He wants to come and, and draw into relationship with us, not just be distant and off in the heavens. And yeah, God shows this in Jesus becoming a human being. But it's also true all throughout history, every day. Something dramatically changed 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born about God's relationship to the world. 
God's relationship to humanity. Even though Jesus ascended, he's still with us. He's still involved and present in every moment of our lives. He still cares about and he's interested in every little thing that you do. This is what the incarnation means for us. This is the nature of God and how he wants to relate to us. And this incarnational worldview is, is what we want to reflect upon across these weeks of Advent. If you were with us last week, Father Dan introduced this idea in this series, how it is that we have this incarnational understanding of God and the kind of impact that that has on our lives. Father Dan spoke about this contrast between believing in the God who's present, who's involved and amongst us in our life, and the way that we can actually often think about God in that he's actually up there, out there, somewhere far away from us. Perhaps he's up in the heavens, perhaps he's going to be with us in some future time, but it's a very different way of relating with God. Another consequence of that way of thinking is that it changes how we access God, how we access his grace, his power, his life. Because if God is up there or out there somewhere, if God is elsewhere, it means we have to do a bit of work to be able to reach out and grab hold of him, to be able to reach out and get this, this knowledge of him, be able to go beyond ourselves and strive to, to grasp onto God, to get him to come to us. And it's a lot of work. But if God is with us, if God is present in every moment of our day, if he's present in our world, if he's involved in our life, suddenly our relationship with him changes a lot. And the work that we do isn't about striving and reaching and trying to get to God. It's about making ourselves aware so that we can see God, so that we can recognize his presence with us, so that we can notice his movement, so that we can receive the gifts that he's giving us and the presence that he has to us every day. Suddenly, it's not about stretching out there and striving to get hold of God, but it's about making space in our life so that we can recognize him and encounter him here. There's an image that one spiritual writer uses for this encounter with God, and he speaks of a person who's lost and roaming through the jungle, a really dense jungle, and they're trying to find their way to some food, some shelter, to somebody who can rescue them, whatever it is, and they've got their machete, they're hacking their way through the jungle trying to find the way to what they need. Now you can already hear that there's a lot of work going on there. They've got to strive. It's up to them to find the way to the answer, to the food, to the resources, to the rescue. But then, as they're doing this, they hear a helicopter up above. Someone's coming to rescue them. The helicopter's there. Their needs are answered. But the problem is that the helicopter can't land because the jungle is so dense. So there's still some work to do. They have to make a clearing so that the helicopter can come down and so that they can receive this rescue. So there's still work that they need to do, but it's a very different kind of work, if you notice. They're not trying to make the rescue happen themselves. They're not trying to find the resolution to their problems. They're just trying to make space so that the answer can come in, so that they can receive the, the saving help of the helicopter. And this is what God's presence is like in our lives. 
He's here, he's involved, he's present, he cares about us. But our lives can be a bit like a dense jungle some of the time and the work that we need to do is to clear a bit of space so that we can recognize that God is here, so that we can recognize his movement, so that we can actually encounter his presence. So when we think about how we can prepare to receive this gift of Jesus and how we can lean into this during Advent, my invitation to you is to make a bit of space. To make a bit of space so that we can discover this incarnational presence of God, this presence of God that's with us always, that's reaching out to us always, that's present and involved in our lives always. And there's three kind of ways in which I want to propose that we can do this, but I'm um, offering that I think we should each try and just think of one way that we can um, cut something out of our life to make a bit more space for God. There's three areas I'm going to propose, but you just need to think of one thing in the end, whichever category it comes from. So these three kind of areas of life where we can cut some stuff out, ways in which we can cut out some space, is sin, Space and silence, and I'll explain what I mean by those. So firstly, sin is a kind of obvious one. Some of the stuff that's filling up our life is actually opposed to God's presence and God's movement. There are things that we do, there are habits that we have, there are thought patterns that are actually contrary to the message that God wants to give us, that are contrary to the life that God wants us to live. And so... To make some room for God, we can turn away from those behaviors. We can repent of those sins. We can say no to those movements in our heart. A great way to do that is the sacrament of reconciliation. Obviously, the Lord invites us to bring our sins and and have them wiped out when we come to him in that way. That's why we have our mercy night this coming Thursday. There'll be so many priests. A great opportunity if you do want to celebrate reconciliation in preparation for Christmas. But we can also do this in a kind of practical way of, of looking at what we're doing in our lives. And perhaps it's, it's just trying to cut out a thought pattern that we know is not good, not healthy for us. Perhaps it's cutting out some little behavior that we do that's not in line with God's plan or some action that keeps popping up in our lives. We can actually just take the practical step of trying to curb that, trying to carve that out. But by doing this, by saying no to these sinful movements in our hearts, in our lives, we're actually making more space for the movement of God who's present there and who's moving in our hearts. That's sin. Secondly, space. Um, We're very good at having busy lives, aren't we? There's so much going on, especially at Christmas time, end of the year, so much going on. Our lives are so full. So full, in fact, that it can be hard for God to get a look in at all. How does he poke his head through all of this stuff that's going on? And so we can make some space in our lives by actually just just leaving a bit more emptiness, by stopping some of these things that we're doing. Now, that might not sound like the simplest thing to do, and I know often our busyness doesn't actually seem to be within our control. There's so many demands, there's so many things that we have to do, things that we have to keep on top of. So I don't want you to... Um, let go of your important commitments and stuff. That's, that's good. But one simple way I think we can make a little bit of ground in this is to look at the gaps 
There's lots of big important things we do in our life, but there's also lots of little gaps between them, between this meeting and that meeting, between that friend you're catching up with and then that appointment that happens afterwards when we're waiting for the next thing to happen. But even in those gaps, aren't we really good at just filling them with stuff? We're waiting in a queue, or we're waiting for someone to come and meet us, and we'll pull out our phones, and we're checking out emails, and we're watching YouTube, or we're preparing for the next thing that's going to happen. There's always something that we can fill the gap with. But rather than trying to take out the, the big things that we're doing, we can just try and leave a little silence in the space. What if you're waiting in a queue, and you actually just wait in the queue, and don't do anything else? Or what if you, you're just sitting down to grab a bite to eat and you've paused your activity for a moment and you leave your phone aside and just don't do anything. You just sit there and eat in silence. Can you imagine that? Simple way that we can just cut out a little bit of the stuff that fills up our lives. Make a bit of space for God to show up. So that's space. And we've heard about sin. The third one is silence. As well as being very busy, our lives are also very noisy. We're bombarded with all sorts of messages, of noise, some of it that we choose, a lot of it that we don't. There's podcasts and social media and news and advertisements of every kind everywhere we turn, as well as all manner of variety of entertainment that we can feed ourselves with constantly. And a lot of that stuff's good, but... Do we ever get a moment's silence where we're not being bombarded by some sort of noise? How can we just carve out a little bit of silence in our day, a little bit of silence in our week where we're not just being filled with noise? And that might just look like going for a walk and not putting your earphones in and listening to music. Maybe if you can't handle no music at all, maybe it's um, instrumental music instead of music with lyrics. Um, Perhaps it's if you're listening to a podcast or something, you just listen to one episode and then you sit in silence for a bit and think about what you've been listening to instead of just going from one episode to the next to the next. Just a few ways we can quieten all that noise, have a little less noise in our day, a little more room for God to speak, to God to poke his nose in and um, impact us. Because if we truly believe that God is present in every moment of our lives, wouldn't we want to see it? We, wouldn't we want to be open to recognizing it, to receiving his presence, to receiving the blessings he wants to give us, the direction that he wants to give us, to be open to the encounter that he wants to have with us? And I reckon if, if we're generous in just these little movements that we can make to make a little more space for God to show up, we might actually encounter his presence there. And then we might get excited about wanting to carve out more and more and more space. It could be a dangerous start. But this is how God wants us to live. He wants us to know his presence wherever we are, whatever we're doing. He's involved, he's interested, he's engaged in it. He's present and wanting to fill us and love us and bless us. This is the incarnational presence, reaching out God that we have. And it's easy for us to get in touch with it a little bit more if we're just willing to make a little bit more space for God to move. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. 
and consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.